in his famous Goswami Ashtaka Srivasacharya writes, Sri Gauranga Gunana Varanana Vithau, Shraddha Samridhyan Vithau, Papottapa Nikrantanao Tanubhritam, Govinda Ganam Ritaihi, Anandam Bhutivaratanaika Niponao, Kaivalyana Starakao, Vande Rupa Sanatanao Nukhuyukao, Sri Jiva Gopalakao. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Zulf Goswamis, namely Sri Rupa Goswami, Sri Sanatan Goswami, Sri Rugunath Bhatta Goswami, Sri Rugunath Das Goswami, Sri Jiva Goswami, and Sri Gopal Bhatta Goswami, who are very much enriched in understanding of Lord Chaitanya, and who are thus expert in narrating his transcendental qualities. They can purify all conditioned souls from the reactions of their sinful activities by pouring upon them transcendental songs about Govinda. As such, they're very expert in increasing the limits of the ocean of transcendental bliss, and they're the saviors from the, of the living entities from the devouring mouths of liberation. This is a very nice description of Srila Jeev Goswami in particular, and for that matter, the previous verses as well. Nana Shastra Vichara Naika Nipunao Tapakao Lokanam Hitakaranao Tribhuvane Manyao Shradnyakarao Radha Krishna Padala Vindhajananandena Mattalikao Vande Rupa Sanatanao Raghuyagao Shri Jiva Gopalakao Here we have the Goswamis are very expert in scrutinizingly studying all the revealed scriptures with the aim of establishing eternal religious principles for the benefit of all human beings. They're honored all over the three worlds and they're worth taking shelter of because they are absorbed in the mood of the gopis and are engaged in the transcendental loving service of Radha and Krishna. Of course, there are six more prayers in the same vein. All of them are applicable to Jiva Goswami, but uh, I thought these two were particularly salient. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, while describing the tree, Chaitanya tree, Lord Chaitanya and his branches and sub-branches of disciples and followers are compared to a tree. And Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami in the Adi Lila, chapter 10, particularly texts 84 and 85, he discusses uh, the three brothers. Anupama Vallabha Sri Rupshanatana Eitin Shaka Brikshera Pashtine On the western side of that tree, there were the 43rd, 44th, and 45th branches, Sri Sadatan, Sri Rupa, and Anupam. They were the best of all. Srila Prabhupada writes in his purport, Sri Anupam was the father of Srila Jeev Goswami and younger brother of Sanatan Goswami and Sri Rupa Goswami. His former name was Vallabha, but after Lord Chaitanya met him, he gave him the name Anupam. Because of working in the Muslim government, these three brothers were given the title Malik. And Prabhupada goes on to point out that he's, his own family is related to the Malik family, uh, Gautama Gautra. Uh, anyway, so they were all the Goswamis, uh, Rupu Sanatan Goswami. They were all forcibly engaged in government service of Nawab Hussain Shah in West, what is now West Bengal, although they were great, uh, high, highly aristocratic brahmanas belonging to Bharadvaj Gotra um, from South India, actually. 
later on they were given the names Rupa and Sanatan Goswami and Jeev Goswami by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu directly. Text 85 of the 10th chapter of Adi Lila says, Tanamadhe Rupa Sanatan Varashakha Anupam Jiva Rajendradi Upashakha Among these branches, Rupa and Sanatan were principal. Anupam, Sri Jiva Goswami and others headed by Rajendra were their sub-branches. Srila Prabhupada has a little bit to say here about Jeev Goswami, he writes, in Gorganodesh Deepika, it is said that Srila Jeev Goswami was formerly Vilas Manjari Gopi. Uh, we know in the spiritual realm, the devotees of Krishna, the best devotees of Krishna are the Gopis, the followers of Srimati Radharani and her friends. And these Manjaris are all followers of those intimate associates of the Lord. So Jeev Goswami was very exalted. He was one of these. Manjaris named Vilas Manjari Gopi. Prabhupada continues, from his very childhood, Jeev Goswami was greatly fond of Srimad Bhagavatam. He later came to Navadvip to study Sanskrit, and following the footsteps of Sri Nityanand Prabhu, he circumambulated the entire Navadvip Dham. After visiting Navadvip Dham, he went to Banaras to study Sanskrit under Madhusudan Vachaspati. Uh, he was a Himself, he was a student of uh, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And after finishing his studies in Banadas, he went to Vrindavan and took shelter of his uncle, Sri Rupa and Sanatan. This is described in Bhakti Ritnakar. As far as our information goes, Srila Jeev Goswami composed and edited at least 25 books. They're all very much celebrated, and they are listed as follows. One, Harinam Amrita Vyakaran. That is a grammar which actually, according to Gopi Pranadana Prabhu, uh, improves upon the grammar of previous scholars, such as uh, Panini and others, Bhartoji Dikshita. Um, and its chief characteristic is that instead of using mundane grammatical terms, he likes to use the names of Krishna for all the same categories. Therefore, it's called Harinam Amrita Vyakaran, Grammar of the Nectar of Hari's Names. He's also written, as we said, maybe two dozen more books. And Prabhupada describes them, only only lists them, doesn't describe them. We can describe them a little bit later. Um, but Prabhupada goes on to narrate that after the disappearance of Srilarupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami in Vrindavan, Srilajiv Goswami became the Acharya for all of the Vaishnavas in Bengal, Odisha, and the rest of the world. And it is he who used to guide them in their devotional service. In Vrindavan, he established the Radha Dhamo Dara Temple, where after retirement, we had the opportunity to live from 1962 until 1965, when we decided to come to the United States of America. When Jeev Goswami was still present, Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami compiled his famous Chaitanya Charitamrita. Later, Srila Jeev Goswami inspired Srinivas Acharya, Narottam Das Thakur, and Dukhi Krishnadas to preach Krishna consciousness in Bengal. Jeev Goswami was informed that all the manuscripts that had been collected from Vrindavan and sent to Bengal for preaching purposes were plundered near Vishnupura in Bengal. But later he received information that they that the books had been recovered. <clears throat> Sri Jeev Goswami 
awarded the designation Kaviraj to Ramchandra Sain, a disciple of Srinivas Acharya's, and to Ramachandra's younger brother Govinda. While Shri Goswami was alive, Srimati Janhawa Devi, the pleasure potency of Sri Nityananda Prabhu, went to Vrindavan with a few devotees. Jiva Goswami was very kind to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, uh, the Vaishnavas from Bengal. Whoever went to Vrindavan, he provided with a residence and prasadam. His disciple Krishnadas Adhikari listed all the books of the Goswami in his dietary, diary. <coughs> Prabhupada goes on to say there are three uh, accusations leveled against Jiva Goswami by Sahajyas. It's not auspicious to mention them, but in case you hear them, we need to know. So Srila Prabhupada has mentioned this. The first one is that one great scholar came to Jeev Goswami and said that he'd already defeated his brothers, Rupa and Sanatan. And uh, so he was asking Jeev Goswami to sign the document saying that he had been defeated as well. This was his pastime. He wanted to show the world that he was the greatest scholar. He was a materialistic person. Rupa Sanatan, they both understood that. And so they just signed his paper without much thought just to get rid of him. Jiva Goswami, as a junior, he could not tolerate that this man was claiming to have defeated his elder brothers. And so he didn't agree. He argued instead. And he defeated this pundit. So uh, some scholars, some sahajis rather, they say that Jiva Goswami violated the principle of humility. But Prabhupada writes in this regard that Jiva Goswami uh, was actually the most humble because humility and meekness are appropriate when one's own honor is insulted but not when Lord Vishnu or the Acharyas are blasphemed. In such cases one should not be humble and meek but he must act. One should follow the example of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, he says, uh, four very simple things, but very difficult things. Sometimes to be simple is not easy. Four very simple things that we can do to become completely Krishna conscious very quickly. That is to be more humble than a blade of grass, to be more tolerant than a tree, to always be eager to respect others and to never expect any honor for oneself. If we can do those things, then we can constantly chant the holy name of Hari. So this principle of humility is the principle of Krishna consciousness. So much so that in his Brihad Bhagavat Amritam, Sanatana Goswami writes that absolute and unconditional humility is itself Krishna Prema. They're non-different. Humility, you already have Krishna Prema and vice versa. So this is the principle. Nevertheless, Prabhupada continues, when the Lord was informed that Nityanand Prabhu was injured by Jagai and Madhai, he immediately went to the spot angry like fire, wanting to kill them. Thus, Lord Chaitanya has explained his verse by the example of his own behavior. One should tolerate insults against oneself, but when there is blasphemy committed against superiors, such as other Vaishnavas, one should neither be hum one should be neither humble nor meek. One must take proper steps to counteract such blasphemy. <clears throat> this is the duty of the this is the duty of a servant of a guru and Vaishnavas. 
Anyone who understands the principle of eternal servitude to Guru and Vaishnavas will appreciate the action of Jiva Goswami in connection with the so-called scholar's victory over his gurus. That is story number one. Story number two, Jiva Goswami felt that his own reputation as a big scholar would, was, uh, would be damaged by the release of the Sri Chaitanya by Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. And this is another ignominious example of blasphemy against Jiva Goswami. Such a story should never be accepted as authoritative. According to another accusation, Shri Goswami did not approve of the principles of Parakya Rasa of Rajatam and therefore supported Swakya Rasa, showing that Radha and Krishna are eternally married. So that's also been described. When Jiva Goswami had some followers, they were uh, mundaners and disliked the concept of Parakya Rasa because of their mundane conceptions. Therefore, Jiva Goswami, for their spiritual benefit, supported Sokya Rasa, for he could understand that the Sahajiyas would otherwise exploit Parakya Rasa as in fact they're doing nowadays. Therefore, he supported Sokya Rasa, which is uh, according to the norms of worldly dharma. Unfortunately, in Vrindavan and Navadweep, it's become fashionable among some Sahajiyas in their debauchery to find an unmarried sexual partner to live with to execute so-called devotional service in Parakya Rasa. Foreseeing this, Srila Jeev Goswami supported Svakya Rasa, uh, but he was never opposed to Parakya Rasa, nor has any other Vaishnava disapproved of it. Srila uh, Jeev Goswami strictly followed his predecessor gurus and Vaishnavas, Srila Goswami and Sanatan Goswami, and Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami accepted him as one of his instructors accepting him as one of his instructor gurus. So this is what Srila Prabhupada has written in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, we get more information about Srila Jeev Goswami from Bhakti Ratnakar of Narahari Chakravarti Thakur. Um, on his way to go to Brindavan, Lord Chaitanya visited Ramakeli village in near Malda in West Bengal. And that was where Rup Goswami, Sanat Goswami, and Vallabha lived at that time. They were not yet initiated. They were still in the employ of the Muslim governor. So they met secretly, secretly with Lord Chaitanya uh, because they were afraid that the governor might become hostile. And they took Jeev Goswami with them to see the Lord. Uh, Jeev Goswami became very brilliant in study of Krishna consciousness and Sanskrit language. And so his two uncles took special care of him. He was the Kripapatra, we can say, the receptacle of the Lord's mercy and the Goswami's mercy. So he absorbed everything very quickly. He satisfied all of his teachers, but inside his heart, he was always filled with remembering Lord Chaitanya's beauty and sweet personality. And People thought that Jiva Goswami must have been what we call a drop-in. When you go to the doctor without an appointment, that's called a walk-in. When you descend from Vaikuntha without anyone knowing, that's called a drop-in. So Jiva Goswami was from some higher planet, they thought, or maybe even from the spiritual world itself. There was no other explanation for his ability to learn so much in such a short time. And he was also extremely attractive. 
It was very beautiful in his physical appearance as well. So Rupa Sanatan, they managed to free themselves somehow or other. That's a different story. They went to Vrindavan and Jeev Goswami was feeling compelled to join them there. So he gave up all of his accoutrements of their wealthy life. They were, they were very wealthy in the employ of the government. And he didn't want to talk about politics and he didn't want to hear about mundane matters. He was simply thinking about going to Vrindavan. So when his father passed away, he lost interest in everything material. And he thought, my elder brothers have already gone. My, uh, uh, sorry, uncles have already gone. My father has already gone. Let me also join them in Vrindavan. And so that was his determination. So he actually went to Vrindavan, but before he went there, he wanted to prepare himself for rendering substantial service to the Goswamis. So he stopped in Banaras and he took shelter of Madhusudan Vachaspati, famous scholar of uh, Navyanyaya, that is Nyaya Vaisheshika philosophy. And he became very expert, as always, in his learning. And then he went to Vrindavan as well. Bhakti Ratnaka records an observer's comments. Dear friends, I'm sure that if Jiva has received, I'm sure that Shri Jiva has received Krishna's mercy. Although he's very young, he has a sober disposition. Srimad Bhagavatam is his dearest companion. He's always drowning in the blissful ocean of discussions about Krishna and cannot tolerate hearing anything else. One day I saw him when he didn't know I was watching. He was calling out Sri Krishna Chaitanya and fell unconscious to the ground. He then rolled around, unable to retain, regain his composure. His face and chest were drenched by the rain falling from his eyes. He lamented in various ways and cried without stop. Whose heart would not break to see him in this state? When people watch us and we're not aware of it, they don't see us doing these things generally. I think it's safe to assume that. So uh, people wondered how such a young boy could withstand the rigors of wandering as a renunciate and remarked that the boy's loving attraction to Krishna must be very strong and that losing this bright lamp of the Brahmin community would cast them all into darkness. But he left anyways. Whole time he was thinking, how long will it be until I can leave home? So on one occasion he did that, chanting Nam Sankirtan with his tears flooding with eyes. He was calling out to Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda, Advaita Chandra, etc., all the associates of the Lord. And the Lord finally uh, responded uh, and showed him a dream. In that dream, Lord Chaitanya with all of his associates, they were in a loud Sankirtana party and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was dancing. Their ecstatic love was expressed from all sides. Uh, and the earth and sky were filled with re uh, reverberations of Hari Hari. Then they suddenly disappeared and Jiva's dream broke. His heart was distressed. Sleep allured him again and he saw a second even more amazing dream. In his early childhood, Jeep Goswami paid no attention to games and had, that had no connection to Krishna. He made for himself deities of Krishna and Baladam and began to worship them. He dressed the deities with all varieties of ornaments and would spend hours 
It's just watching them. He would fall on the ground and muddy the ground with his tears when he paid obeisances. He would prepare sweets for them to enjoy and he would distribute prasadam to all the boys in the neighborhood. Nothing pleased him like serving Krishna and Balaram. In fact, he would even take both of them to bed with him at night. And when his parents playfully tried to take the deities out of his bed, he would not let them. So now, in this second dream, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda showed themselves as the same deities, Krishna and Balaram, the total embodiments of bliss in their dark blue and white forms. The wonderful way in which they were dressed put Cupid to shame, and all their limbs were inclined. and drove the three worlds mad. In, then in front of Srila Jiva Goswami, the two changed their complexions to molten gold. The aroma of their bodies permeated the universe. Jiva was astonished, not allowing his eyelids to cover his eyes, which overflowed with tears. He threw himself down at the Lord's feet, and Sri Gaur and Nityananda Rai, the great oceans of compassion, put their feet on Sri Jiva's head. They then embraced him, addressing him lovingly, Lord Chaitanya presented Shijiva as a gift at the feet of Lord Nityananda, and Lord Nityananda told Shijiva more than once, may this Lord of mine be your life and soul. Shijiva Goswami once more bowed before the two, who then disappeared, leaving him in a wild state of mind from which he awoke in the middle of the night. Soon he just contrived a plan to go to Navadweep to pursue some studies, uh, but uh, he very soon he went to, after that, he went to Banatas, as we've discussed. So, <clears throat> he, while he was in Navadweep, he went on Parikrama with Lord Nityananda, and uh, he became ecstatic upon seeing Lord Nityananda. He could hardly stop his tears at that time. He was so much attached to Lord Nityananda. So... In this way, Lord Nityananda showed him Navadvidham, and then he sent, after that Parikrama, he went to Banaras. He took shelter of Madhusudan Vachaspati. Uh, he was equal to Brihaspati in his learning. This person showed uh, Jeet Goswami very much affection, and he very quickly learned everything. Then he joined his uncles in Vrindavan. He assisted them with menial services and edited their books. Once Balabhata, <coughs> excuse me, had a meeting with Lord Chaitanya, and Balabhata, being an elderly, respectable Brahmin and Vaishnava, he offered that he could help Srila Rupa Goswami edit the Bhaktivedanta Samrit Sindhu, and then he went to take his bath in the Yamuna. She, the Jiva, followed him on the pretext of fetching water. He had not met Vallabhabhata before, but he somewhat boldly asked him, what's wrong with the invocation? This is the famous invocation of Bhaktivedanta Samrit Sindhu. Akhila Rasamrita Murti, Vityadi. Rupa Goswami describes the Lord as the reservoir of all rasas, the ocean of Bhakti Rasa, and the Lord, is the, the Lord himself is that ocean. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, whom some say was the reincarnation of Rupa Goswami, he is himself described the Lord as Kalyana Gunarnava, 
which in am amounts to the same thing. The ocean of all auspiciousness and the ocean of all transcendental mellows, they're one and the same thing. <clears throat> so anyway, Jiva Goswami thought it's not right that Vallabhabhata should try to correct uh, Sri Goswami. So he gave some response to what Vallabha had suggested. And Vallabha Bhatta then finished his bath and took his leave and came back from the Yumana and he told, uh, he told Rupa Goswami, this boy is very, very brilliant, very learned boy. And so when Jeep Goswami himself came back to Rupa Goswami, Rupa Goswami told him, it was to show me mercy that the Bhattacharya came here. Out of his kindness for me, he offered to do some editing. Why couldn't you tolerate the few words he spoke to me? You should leave right now for the eastern side. When you steady your mind, then you can come back to Vrindavan. In other words, he chastised him. Accepting this order, Jeep Goswami crossed the Yuna and found a secluded forest, and he settled himself in a thatched hut. It took some time for Sanatan Goswami to find him. But going by the descriptions of local villagers, they said, there's a very beautiful young renunciate nearby. We try to make him eat, but he never eats anything. They used to bring him flour, but he would just mix it with Yamuna water and eat that without even cooking it. Taking this as a certain hint of Shijib Gos uh, Goswami's location, Sanatan Goswami felt parental concern and went to the hut. <clears throat> he fell at his, uh, when, when Jiva saw Sanatan Goswami, he fell at his uncle's feet, and Sanatan uh, Goswami requested that he briefly recount what happened. He explained everything, and Sanatan Goswami came back to Vrindavan and said, you should, uh, you should show him, you should show him mercy. Srila Goswami was indeed at that time compiling Bhaktivedanta Sindhu and actually needed editing. So Sanatan Goswami, you should let him, said you should let him do this. Jiva Daya, the primary characteristic of a Krishna conscious person is that he's very merciful to the Jivas. In this case, of course, it was a pun. You should be merciful to Jiva Goswami. Bring him back. Let him do some service. And so he did that. So they also nursed him back to health because he'd lost his health in that period. They said that he was living in a cave at that time, uh, underground, practically speaking, and uh, not eating properly, as we mentioned. So this was, this was his austerity. Uh, Jeev Goswami's erudition became famous throughout the world. He edited his elder brother's books and he wrote many books of his own. Uh, Goswami, Rupa Goswami, sorry, personally carved for him Jiva's worshipable deity, Radha Damodara. Anyone who's ever been to Vrindavan and specifically to Radha temple, you know the deity is not so large. So Jeev Goswami actually made that deity for, Rupa Goswami, sorry, made that deity for Jeev Goswami. So, as we said, he, after the departure of Rupa Sanatan, Jeev Goswami became the leader of all the Vaishnavas in the world. He trained many learned disciples. Uh, he sent uh, Srinivas Shamananda Narottam to Bengal to distribute the books of the Goswami. Uh, so, like that. People say that he lived some 85 years, from 1533 to 1618. <clears throat> Bhakti Ritnakar lists the books that he wrote. We've already described some of them, Harinama, 
Amrita Vyakaran is one. Uh, Radha Krishna Arjuna Deepika establishes philosophically the importance of worshipping Radha and Krishna. We find in the even in the Hari Bhakti Vilas of Gopal Bhatta Goswami, there's no mention of Radha Krishna worship, believe it or not. It all talks about Lakshmi Narayana worship. In those days, it was not a convention amongst the Vaishnavas to worship Radha Krishna deities. Of course, Radharani, people, devotees have worshipped Radharani since time immemorial, but it was not the convention according to the Smriti Shastras. Vidhivat was not the convention to worship Radharani along with Krishna. Uh, sometimes we find some of the early deities, they don't have Radharani deities along with them for that reason. Um, so it was actually a little controversial, and so Jiva Goswami felt the need to vindicate this practice by justifying it philosophically, which he did in this work. And uh, he also <clears throat> traced the hierarchy of Krishna's devotees, just as Rupa Goswami had done himself in Lagu Bhagavatam with the aim of proving that the best worship of Krishna is that by that which was practiced by the gopis. This is the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is not something Jiv Goswami invented. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself felt this way. So, <clears throat> the devotees are gradated like that. We have uh, all, all the servants in various rasas, but especially Madhuri rasa, and even um, better than the worship of Goddess Lakshmi is the worship of the queens in Dwarka, headed by Rukmini Devi, and even better by, than her is the worship of the gopis, and of all the gopis, Chandravali and Srimati Radharani are the best, and of those gopis, Srimati Radharani is the best. So, this is what Chief Goswami described in that book. He also wrote Gopala Virudavali. Um, he received the order to do so from Rupa Goswami in a dream, and it kind of complements Rupa Goswami's own uh, book called Govinda Virudavali. Virudavali is a class of uh, poetry, uh, prayers in Sanskrit. So, uh, very, very poetic uh, uh, praises of the Lord and prayers to the Lord. It takes years to understand just the language of these books. To understand them, it's not so easy thing. He also wrote a supplement to Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu called Rasamrita Shesh. And uh, he also uh, wrote a, his first work, actually, was uh, Mahakavya called Madhava Mohotsava. That book is also describing the pastimes of Srimati Radharani and Krishna in Vrindavan, Abhishek coronation of Srimati Radharani, on the basis of Padma Purana, Matsya Purana, Gautamiya Tantra, and other works by the Goswamis. So that was completed in uh, 1477, Shakabda, which you have to. Uh, you have to add 78 years to bring it to the Gregorian calendar. Gopal Champu is maybe one of his best works, uh, or most famous works anyway. It's huge work in Champu style, which merges uh, drama with prose and uh, poetry alternating. In, it has two parts. The first part is dealing with Krishna's pastimes in 
Rajal, Rajalila, Goloka in particular. And the second part deals with uh, Krishna's pastimes after leaving for Mathura. Very famous work. All the pastimes of Krishna are described in great detail in that book. Massive work. Gopal Champu, very famous book. That was finished in 1510 Shaka. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhulila, chapter 1, text 44, it's described Gopal Champu Name Grantha Mahashur. The most famous and formidable trans transcendental literature is the book named Gopal Shampu. In this book, the eternal pastimes of the Lord are established, and the transcendental mellows enjoyed in Vrindavan are completely described. In other words, this book reveals Krishna's manifest eternal pastimes, but with a predominant flavoring of his earthly pastimes, that is to say, with the idea of Madhurya Rasa, Parakya Rasa in particular. <coughs> Another Champu by Srila Jiva was called Bhavarta Suchika, but it's no longer available. It's known only by being named in other books. Sankalpa Kalpadruma, also called Sankalpa Kalpa Vriksha, is uh, 738 verses in five parts. They deal with Krishna's Janmalila, his Nitya Lila and his special pastimes of the various seasons, Ritu Lila, such as Vasanth, which is coming up. So, this is another book not known, I think not translated into English as far as I know, maybe it is. Um, and he wrote commentaries. He wrote a commentary on Gopal Tapani Upanishad, very important Upanishad. He wrote a famous commentary on Brahma Samhita, which is, forms the basis of commentaries by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and as well as Tamal Krishna Goswami. He wrote uh, commentaries on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Ujjwala Nilamani. Uh, he commented on a section of the Padma Purana known as Yoga Sarastava. Uh, in which uh, devotion to Hari is glorified. He wrote uh, commentary on the Gayatri Mantra, as it appears in Agni Purana, and other small books, such as descriptions of Radha and Krishna's lotus feet, and uh, commentary on the famous verse, Anarpita Chirim Chirat, from Vidarta Madhava, which is also in the in this way, Rupa Goswami, I'm sorry, Jiva Goswami wrote very many other books. But probably the most important as far as the philosophy of Krishna consciousness would be his Sandarbhas. Now, there's another book by the name of Krama Sandarbha, which is actually his commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. That is not part of the six Sandarbhas. Shat Sandarbhas are different. You have the Tattva Sandarbha, which has been published now by the uh, Giriraj Publishing, which is now a subdivision of Bhaktivedanta Book Trust. Bhagavat Sandarbha has also been published. That is the second of the Sandarbhas. Also, it's been put out by the BBT. And uh, Paramatma Sandarbha, that was translated by Gopi Paranatana Prabhu, but there is no commentary and it is not published. Then there is the Bhakti Sandarbha, Priti Sandarbha. In this way, there are uh, param uh, uh, six Sandarbhas. 
So uh, this is where Jeev Goswami really makes his solid philosophical contribution to the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya, in one sense, you can say it's new, in that it was not known as the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya until the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Before that, it was not distinguished very much from the Madhva Sampradaya or the Brahma Sampradaya. But uh, Jeev Goswami really gave the philosophical footing for the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which infused this Gaudiya Sampradaya. And he really spelled out for the first time, what are all the major major principles of Krishna consciousness? What are all, all the things that we read, all the principles of Krishna consciousness and arguments and uh, Shastric uh, discussions, which we find throughout Srila Prabhupada's books, these are all coming from Jiva Goswami. And they were first set out in his six Sandarbhas, collectively known as the Shat Sandarbhas. Tatvan Sandarbha in particular deals with uh, Pramana. Pramana means how do you know what you know? And he sets out three Pramanas, that is Pratyaksha, which means what we see and hear with our senses or perceive with our senses more generally. We have Anuman, which means what we can reason or extrapolate. And finally, we have Shabda, which means what we hear as authoritative assertion from uh, bona fide uh, superiors. The th of the three, the third is actually the superior mode of learning because we can learn some things from our senses, but they're not perfect. And we can also speculate, but we make mistakes or we cheat. And uh, we're certainly not uh, so brilliant to begin with, according to Srimad Bhagavatam. We're all pretty dim in this age of Kali. But we can hear and we can submissively accept what we hear when it's coming from bona fide sources. So <clears throat> we have to discriminate only to the point of what we of, of finding a bona fide spiritual master. And then whatever he says, we can accept without discrimination. We can accept it as authoritative. The discrimination at that point just serves to clarify what we've heard only, not to question. So this Shabda Pramana is the best thing, and that's described in the Tattva Sandarbha. And then he goes on to point out how of all the Vedic authorities that we might hear, the Srimad Bhagavatam is considered to be superlative. And with all arguments, uh, authoritative arguments, with reference to the Vedas themselves, Jiva Goswami proves this point. Then he goes on to talk about Paramatma, Brahman, and Bhagavan, as per the teachings of the Srimad Bhagavatam, these three aspects in which the Absolute Truth manifests, uh, the impersonal spiritual effulgence called Brahma Jyoti, the localized Paramatma, representation of the Lord within the heart, <coughs> who guides and witnesses all, the, all beings and their movements, and finally the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So. So, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and Jeev Goswami has described this in his Bhagavad Sandarbha. He also talks about Paramatma in the Paramatma Sandarbha. And he talks about the process of bhakti more, more with increasing specificity in the later Sandarbhas, those have not yet been published in English language. 
but he delineates the entire science of bhakti yoga, uh, whereas Rupa Goswami had discussed it in a very general and shastric way in Bhakti Kasamrit Sindhu. Shilajit Goswami discusses it in a philosophical way. And the most important characteristic of Shilajit Goswami's philosophical contribution is the concept of achintya bheda bheda, inconceivable identity indifference. We have different acharyas commenting on Vedanta in various ways. Some say, some stress monism, such as, or rather non-dualism, such as Shankara Acharya. And others, like Madhvacharya, are purely dualistic. Most of the Acharyas are a little bit in between, because <clears throat> actually a Veda and a Veda, that is to say difference and identity at the same time, this is the nature of the Absolute Truth. But they haven't really explained uh, philosophically how to reconcile these two uh, different approaches to the Absolute Truth. But Jiva Goswami has done that. And he's done that on the basis of the fact that some things are just inconceivable. Achintya bheda bheda. How, how we can be simultaneously one with the Lord and yet different from the Lord, it's not something which is given to mundane logic. It is a direct immediate perception which comes only through practice. So with this philosophical basis given to the practice of Krishna consciousness, generations of devotees have become Krishna conscious and gone back to Godhead and taken others back to God with them. So we're all very much indebted to Jeev Goswami. There's so much more that we can say about him, but we're running out of time now. So I, I think I have to stop now. But if anybody has any questions or any comments on anything we've said so far, we can discuss further. Hare Krishna Mukundadita Prabhu, Dhanvat Pranam, all glories to you, all glories to you, all best to Prabhupada. Uh, very, uh, so much pleasure to hear you after a long time. Uh, I have a quick question. Um, Sandarbhas, so how many Sandarbhas are translated into English and how many are not yet? Two of them are translated into English, the Tattva Sandarbha and the Bhagavad Sandarbha. Uh, as I said, Paramatma Sandarbha is partially translated, but it's not published because there's no commentary yet. Uh, for your information, it's something you should take note. The commentary on the Bhagavad Sandarbha, th there actually is no traditional commentary on Bhagavad Sandarbha. That commentary that appears in the BBT edition was written by Gopi Purana Dhanaprabhu himself. And if you read that edition, you will get a sense of his staggering genius, really just towering intellect he had, that he was able to, to make such difficult subject matters so easily accessible in his uh, commentary on the Bhagavad Sandarbha. Not only easily accessible, but very well um, defended as well, with reference even to Shruti, what to speak of Smriti. He was such a great scholar, Gopi Paranadana, was able to do that. So just two of them are published right now. And uh, one of them maybe will be published, uh, certainly we hope, at some point in the future. That depends on BBT priorities. Is that okay? Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. That helps. You can contact ISKCON ISV. Vaisheshika Prabhu is in charge of marketing these new translations. They're, they're both available.
both us and others. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I had a question, Mukundita Prabhu. You said that the Krama Sandarbha was the uh, commentary of Srila Go Jiva Goswami on his own work? No, on, on the Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay. Yeah. So that do we have a translation of that in ISKCON? No, there's that's not translated either because uh, for one thing, it's not a complete uh, commentary. He just comments in certain places. Many verses, he doesn't say anything. Um, no, it's not been translated. Generally, these commentaries are too big to translate. <clears throat> he also wrote another one, Lohutoshini, uh, following his elder brother Sanatan Goswami's Brihad uh, Vaishnava Toshini commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. Actually, just as Sanatan Goswami wrote two commentaries, similarly, uh, Jeeva Goswami wrote <clears throat> two commentaries on Srimad Bhagavatam. But unfortunately, they're not done yet. Hare Krishna. So, uh, the other, yeah. I think, uh, one of the greatest contribution of Srila uh, <coughs> Jiva Goswami was him uh, taking Srinivasacharya, Narutam Dasru, Chakra, and Shamananda Pandu. Yeah. Under his. Um, under his wings and and mentoring them, <coughs> the philosophy and sending them to uh, become the first book distributors in Gaudiya Vaishnava history. <laughs> that is right. Time time constraints prohibited us from really dilating on that. Uh, I was able to mention it only, but that that's a very very important chapter and a long story as well in Gaudiya Vaishnava history. And that that contribution cannot be underestimated because. The Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampadaya may have developed very differently, at least in West Bengal, had it not been for that uh, dissemination of the Goswami literature there. Yeah. So that is a very, very important aspect. I think uh, Sri Vaspandit had a question. Yes, Hare Krishna. Prabhu, thank you so much for um, the very comprehensive summary, if one could call it that. Um, a quick question, uh, how best should we honor the disappearance uh, occasion of uh, uh, Goswamis? Uh, what else should we be doing uh, in order to take the most advantage of uh, this momentous occasion? Aside from singing this song and praying for their mercy, um, we can distribute their books which means to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books. As I mentioned already, Srila Prabhupada has, throughout his Bhaktivedanta purports has simultaneously distilled and you know, spread the Goswami's teachings throughout his purports. So those, that is the best way to, to please the Goswamis by spreading Krishna consciousness and especially through book distribution because this is the order of our acharyas most recent Acharyas wanted this book distribution to go on. Now we've just uh, maybe finished this yearly marathon that we have for book distribution. Actually, it should never finish. <laughs> it should go on all the time. So to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books is the best way to get the mercy of these Acharyas, to preach Krishna consciousness generally, but especially through book distribution, 
And then, of course, in our own bhajan, we can pray ardently for the mercy and the blessings of these great acharyas. Here in Vrindavan, uh, we can go and take advantage, or when we visit Vrindavan, we can go and take advantage of their presence in their eternal samadhis. Uh, Jeep Goswami has his samadhi in the Radha Damodar temple, of course. That was the temple he founded. So tomorrow, the devotees of ISKCON will go to Radha Damodar temple with Sankirtan party. They've been very enthusiastically invited by the Goswamis of the Radha Damodar temple. So that's uh, something if we're in Vrindavan, we can do that. It's a good practice to try to enter into the spirit of the Goswamis. Swami Ashtakam written by Srinivas Acharya. And this is more generally to all the Goswamis, <clears throat> but it also includes Chief Goswami. So we can pray in this way in our bhajan, and then for as far as preaching, we can distribute books. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So you also mentioned the bhajans, and um, I'm not sure whether it was in, in this class or in a previous class uh, that I, I remember hearing from you about the mood of the bhajans and the, the mood at which uh, uh, a lot of the bhajans How yes. could we best, what could we do to best understand that mood, to best assimilate that mood in our prayers? Would you please guide us a little bit? Just we, we have only to follow the process of Krishna consciousness and naturally as we become Krishna conscious everything will be uh, developed. Everything will unfold like a lotus flower blooming. You can't really force it. It may take some time. We're all very covered. I'm particularly thinking of Narottam Das Thakur's expression, his, I mean, his heart-rending expression when he says he's going to smash his head against the rock and enter into fire because he's feeling such intense separation from the Lord and his associates. This is not something that most of us really feel. But we can sing these songs and we can, you know, as we as we practice Krishna consciousness and as we hear and chant about these things, one day it will strike us that, my God, these, these personalities are so exhausted and who am I? This is why we're, one reason why we're hearing and chanting every day, because it will have this effect even if it may take some time. But we, we don't really have to do anything very special other than sincerely practice the process that, and, the, and the practices that Prabhupada gave us because they do uh, develop Krishna consciousness automatically. Uh, if I could add something, I'm just sharing the screen uh, here with uh, Mukunda Datta Prabhu with Gopi Paranadana Prabhu here. Uh, do you see the screen, Mukunda Datta Prabhu? Yeah, that was at Govardhan. <laughs> yes. So uh, Mukunda Datta Prabhu seemed to be totally in bliss sitting with Gopi Paranadana Prabhu. I've had the good yeah, that's true. of uh, have a brief association with Gopi Paranadana Prabhu in 2003 in Mayapur. Hmm. Uh, so, yes, he his loss was a tremendous loss to ISKCON. Irreparable. His, his intellect and his uh, his loyalty to the tradition was uh, was just uh, almost unparalleled. And but Krishna took him so suddenly and 
prematurely, uh, at least for us. Of course, of course nothing is uh, premature in Krishna's time. But uh, this is Gopi Paranandana Prabhu, who had uh, done such a, a wonderful contribution to ISKCON to further elucidate the works of the great Acharyas. And Mukundadatta Prabhu has also very humbly served him in many wonderful ways. So um, the, I thought I'll make uh, that um, little uh, comment about uh, Gopi Paranadana Prabhu. We're very fortunate to have the two books, uh, the two Sandarbhas that he did publish. Uh, of course, uh, Brihad Bhagavatamritam itself, that is a legend already. And uh, just universally appreciated uh, the, 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 the work that he did for Srila Prabhupada during his presence and uh, in particular for the continuity of the Sampradaya and the literary contributions made by our Goswamis. You know, the contribution that Gopi made to ISKCON is just, uh, it's, it's, cannot, be, uh, cannot be overestimated. And uh, I want to add to that, that just to glorify him, because we can glorify Krishna and that's okay, but Krishna really becomes interested in us when he hears us glorifying his devotees. So I want to add to that, that as towering as Gopi's intellect was, what really impressed me about him more than that even was his character. He just, he was a personification of Vaishnava Sadachar. And of all of his Vaishnava qualities and uh, uh, exemplary activities, I think that his humility was probably the most dominant uh, characteristic, at least the most impressive for me, because generally when you find someone who is as brilliant as he was, there's usually a good amount of arrogance also. And it's very, very hard to find someone who combines some great material qualification with tremendous humility. When I first moved to Govardhan around 2002 or so, I had a heavy trunk, uh, steel trunk, the kind that you get in India, of uh, things that I had brought with me. And Gopi Pranadana Prabhu was so humble that he took that trunk by himself and tried to take it up the stairs, very steep stairwell in our ashram at Govardhan, uh, Dangati village, until I stopped him because Gopi is, he was asthmatic as well. So he wasn't really <laughs> able to do such things, but he, he was so humble that he was even ready to serve me like that until I stopped him. I mean, I, I can go on with so many things about him, but really that this was, I think, what gave him such blessings that he was able to act as a mouthpiece of our entire sampradaya with such, as you said, fidelity and, and accuracy. And one of my sannyasi godbrothers described Gopi Pranadana Prabhu's commentary and his writing in general, his presentation, literary presentation of Krishna consciousness. He said that when you're reading something written by Gopi Pranadana Prabhu, then you know there is no spin whatsoever just you know transparency he was just humbly representing the message received by the acharyas he was not adding to it he was not subtracting to it that was his great humility so 
these are some of his wonderful characteristics. I, I can't say enough about him, but I thank you for, for bringing that up. Yes, so. Hare Krishna Prabhu, Dandavat Pranam. This is Shucharu Sham Das from Hare Dallas. Krishna. Long Hare time. Krishna. Long time, long time, long time. Hari Bol, Hari Bol. It was nice so to nice to hear. We were we were all missing you in the Los Angeles temple. So finally, uh, I get to hear, not me, the bunch of other people that I have uh, sent the link to, and they also heard. And yeah. they're mostly all Bengalis. So <laughs> okay. just wanted to say, our association is used to be so strong. Then the <clears throat> it got disconnected, uh, just like Bhagavad Gita was disconnected from the uh, Ishwaku and Manu and everybody till it came back to Arjuna again. So it is so nice to hear from you again. Uh, I just I wanted, I just, to, I wanted ask, to ask. Uh, there was a uh, question was I a had. Question I had. <clears throat> you there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> we had two two phones on. That's yeah. that was the problem. So um, uh, our <clears throat> your god brother Gopi Paranadhana Prabhu. Which uh, Sandarbhas did he translate? Uh, he translated the Tattva Sandarbha and Bhagavad Sandarbha, and as well as Paramatma, but the Paramatma has not yet been published. Okay. So three of them. I think you should uh, you should uh, try and do Bhakti Sandarbha and Preeti Sandarbha because they are very, quite um, uh, they are quite nice because uh, the Bhakti Sandarbha mentions about Varnashram Dharma, which Prabhupada uh, at his last breath mentioned to everybody, all the devotees, that mm -hmm. we should follow Varnashram Dharma. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you will take that opportunity to uh, explain or write the Bhakti Sandra, translate it into English. That might be a very good, I mean, I'm just suggesting. So. Well, the problem is that my Adhikar is less. <laughs> I see. Somebody has to do it. Certainly, I agree with that. Somebody, somebody has to do it. I'd be happy to help someone do that. Uh, you know, there is a, uh, there is a large uh, collection of all his uh, books in Asiatic society in Kolkata. Yes. Uh, Jiva Goswami. So they have the entire collection. I had once seen it, and mm -hmm. they have the entire collection. So maybe someone missing, I don't know. But I had seen, of course, at one time, one point, that they had a huge collection. Yeah, anyway, many Pandu many Lupi Sangrahalayas in India have yes. many, many works, and they don't even know what they have because their catalogs are all wrong. I've seen it. Asiatic yeah. Society also, and Vrindavan Research Institute. is Vrindavan Research Institute is a little better. And Madras also has a nice big collection, many, many such institutions. But, uh, you know, I, I went to the Sanskrit uh, Sahatya Parishad in Kolkata and spoke to the person there who told me that they have maybe 30,000 manuscripts, but they don't even know what they have because only half of them have been cataloged. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
And even even in, if you read uh, the catalogs, you find that the catalog information is also wrong. So we wrong, may find, yes. yeah, we may find this missing missing manuscript of Jeev Goswami as well. We may right. find Baladeva Davushan's missing commentaries on the Shruti Mantras, the Upanishads. These things may be out there, but uh, yes, somebody yes. has to prioritize it. Right, 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 right. Even in Boranagar, they have Natpara. Uh, Nat Mandir over there, uh, very old Gauriya Vaishnav. So over there also they have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what do you call, books on Gauriya Vaishnav books. Oh, very old, very old. Like uh, yes, yeah, not very. So there is, it is there, but... Um, Somebody has to take the initiative. We are losing those people now gradually. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that if you remember Shauri Bhattacharji and Animadi. Yes. Animadi just recently, about a week ago, passed away from COVID. Oh, my oh. God. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yes, Rashikendra Prabhu. And then Shauri Bhattacharji, of course, passed away in Howrah. So... Hmm. Uh, more and more erudite people are all leaving us. So, when are you? When do you think you might come back to USA again? Dekha hogai. Okay. Well, we hope. I mean, we'll the, th the thing is that America is getting smashed right now. Big time oh yes, yes, yes. Terrible, you know, terrible situation. Yeah, it's a terrible I mean, situation. We have players because, for you on. Kalijug has taken up America totally now. <laughs> totally, so, it's become um, one. One question I had, Mukundata uh, Prabhu. Um, yeah. No, of course, we have Prabhupada's books, and uh, is there a systematic study of Srila Jiva Goswami's works within ISKCON? Is there like a body of scholars who are actually studying it very deeply and? especially those uh, parts of Srila Jiva Goswami's works which have not been translated. Is there any mm. attempt to, uh, to kind of translate them? I, I think there are probably multiple attempts. They're not really very well coordinated. That's just the state of ISKCON in 2021. That, you know, it's a little bit alagala people are doing things. But... Uh, one thing I would like to add there is, or comment here is that uh, one should definitely read Bhagavad Gita as it is first and probably Isha Upanishad around that time and then Srimad Bhagavatam and then Bhaktivedanta Samrit Sindhu and then Chaitanya Charitamrita in full. And after having read all of Srila Prabhupada's books, then only there is any question really of approaching the Goswami literature and reading that because uh, it's been experienced and it's been observed as well that if we try to understand, we try to enter into the into these texts before we've really assimilated what Prabhupada has taught us in his books throughout his Bhaktivedanta purports, we'll not really be able to understand it. Oh, I That's could end up misunderstanding it. <laughs> yes, and we've seen that, and unfortunately, also many of the translations that are on the market, they're not very accurate. 
because it's not so easy thing to do. Yeah. So that that's an important consideration. I'm I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, it would be it would be good if there were a really concerted and 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 a concentrated coordinated effort to to really get these books out. But I you know this, the manpower I think is limited. And the, at this point, the Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu is the main priority for the Bhakti Vedanta Book Trust. Maybe in the future we can return also to the. Sundarbas, it would, it would certainly be necessary at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful class. Um, I'd like to add something to what you said. I've been reading through the pandemic, um, the Chaitanya trying to read out loud very carefully going through it. You can actually yet what's going on in terms of Vaishnava behavior the uh i, I was just reading um the beginning of the Anjalila when when rupa goswami is reading with lord chaitanya and ramananda roy and sarup damodar and he's explaining and answering ramananda roy's questions about very specific pieces of his his writing and how he presented I mean, you're not going to find anything that you're ever going to understand better than these books that Srila Prabhupada did, particularly these these higher levels of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the, uh, say, uh, chapters 18 through 25 in the Majalila when he's instructing Rupa and Sanatan, when he, yeah. Anjalila, when he's discussing these things with Rupa and Sanatan mm -hmm. later. Um, you don't... I mean, and granted, I read other books too. I, you know, and I, I always, you know, I always ask you what's been now, what, what's out there now. Um, but everything is already in Prabhupada's books. And unless you really, really learn them and, and understand them specifically, um, you don't have any business going anywhere else. I, I'll just be real honest with that. Mm. Already there. Very well said. And one thing I can add to that is that uh, those who read Srila Prabhupada's books very seriously and deeply, they understand this. <laughs> and they understand that they can't understand very much, even within those books, what to speak of outside of those books. So that, that is a fact. But uh, the, this, this Gaudiya Vaishnava philosophy is the quintessence quintessence of all philosophy. Shri Prabhupada said, Jeeva Goswami is the greatest philosopher of all time, but how that's true, it takes some time to really appreciate uh, through experience. We can, we can hear and have faith in that principle, but to really have experience of it or to realize it is not so easy thing. It takes some time. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Vakunadara Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hare well, uh, first of all, uh, I like to know the secret of your ageless. Every time I see you, you look 16. <laughs> well, I don't feel 16 for sure. <laughs> this, is, um, this is Bhakti Jack. I, I want to ask you a question. Hare Krishna. Through the, through the heated uh, climate that we have so far as you know, identifying with these different bodies. Uh, 
why isn't that devotees have allowed uh, these so-called Aryan Aryans, which an Aryan is one who knows the true goal of life, to usurp the uh, it's not the emblem of, of Krishna or you know um, because I think give you a little short story there's a really up class uh, community Indian community in Artesia and a Jewish lady went in and she has some earrings with the um, with the Vedic symbol what they call it the swastika, sticker and the lady ordered her to take it out of her shop so have the, should the devotees you know not interfere but uh, at least write something and let them know that these are imposters instead of allowing them to, to continue and this um, th these untruths about the Vedas you know they've actually usurped the Vedas and calling themselves Aryans, which which they're not. Yep. You know. Well, this is this again brings us back to the same point that if we really have assimilated Srila Prabhupada's books and if we really just disseminate the teachings of Srila Prabhupada as they are, then these things are automatically taken care of. So that our our the focus of our effort should be sharing real knowledge with other people. Specifically by giving them the Prabhupada's books. So I, so I should go with the case of um, Bhagavad Gita's and point out that that you aren't Aryans, <laughs> because it's in the Bhagavad Gita describing an Aryan. I mean, these are imposters, and they're creating very much uh, conflict here here in the states. Yeah, if, if if the person gets a book of Srila Prabhupada and reads it, then the person will be able to see on their own. You could say, you can you can mention like that, but you be careful not to get into altercations, otherwise it's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh hi Makunda. This is uh, an old friend, um Bhakta Sam. Uh, then I, when I was initiated Samadhi from the Rosalie uh, temple. Oh, Long time back. Hare Krishna, how are you? Hare Krishna, great to uh, hear your voice and uh, that you're doing well and uh, and a wonderful presentation tonight and looking forward to keeping in touch. God bless. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. glory to Prabhupada. We have a question. Uh, could you please comment on Jiva Institute's translation of the Sandarvas? Although it is outside ISKCON, I have experienced many devotees reading and studying them. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's very, um, it's very academically has a lot of uh, academic rigor. He's a very good scholar. The only problem is that he's a little philosophically different from our line. So, you know, you, and, and in ways that you may not always perceive. So, you know, it's always better to follow Narodham Das Thakur's advice in Prema Bhakti Chandraga. When he says, Guru Mukha Padma Bhakku Chite Te Kori Aiko, Arana Kori Homariyasha. We should just hear from our spiritual master or his representatives and not get distracted by too much else. 
it's a little bit subtle. The benefit that we can get from hearing uh, from persons outside of Srila Prabhupada's line, it's, it's very, very, um, it's a little bit tricky because there's a lot of other things that we get as well that we don't want. So it's like Tamal Krishna Goswami told me this about one one of uh, one of the Gaudiya Matsanyasis who was also very popular. You know, he he has so much uh, realization that he can share, which is good. But every once in a while, you get some you know some barb is there or some something that just you know he'll say something which is against what Prabhupada said so you know that's that's also the the downside of it so it's better just to avoid it if you can that's that's how i feel just just hear from whatever your spiritual master has said that's the best thing as people uh, already pointed out, everything is actually there in Prabhupada's book, so you won't really be missing anything. But people don't want to go and find; they don't don't want to read all of Prabhupada's books because it's not. Uh, Prabhupada didn't give us all this information in a systematic way, in a scholarly way. He gave it in a devotional way, and he, I think, he deliberately wrote his books the way he wrote, just so that we would have to read them every day in order to assimilate them. Otherwise, you can go and take your two-week two course somewhere and get some certificate and you, you have some idea that you know something, but it doesn't work like that. It comes to surrender to the order of the spiritual master. So that's the better thing. The very last verse of Shreytashitur Upanishad tells us this. Yes, ya devi para bhaktir yatha devi tetha gurau tasyaiti katetha hyartha prakashan temahatmanaha. Everything that you need to know about Krishna consciousness is going to be revealed to you if you have this faith that, that everything is in Prabhupada's books. I have to hear from him. Uh, I mean, why would you want to hear from anyone else, really? It's, a, it's an academic exercise. That's one thing. But if you're trying to make spiritual advancement, that's another process. That's how I feel. Prabhu, <clears throat> can you comment on the work that they're doing at the Bhakti? Vedanta Research Center in Calcutta. I not really, but uh, from what I from what little I know about it, um, I'm really impressed with uh, the fact. First of all, the fact that the Harishwari Prabhu put that together to begin with is very foresightful of him, I think. And they have some good resources. And as far as I know, they have at least one very good scholar or more that they're working with. So. But outside of that, I haven't really kept up with it, so I don't know what the uh, I don't know what to, what they're up to these days. Uh, it's it's a nice facility, I think, but I can't really speak with much authority about it. Thank you. We hope to get a presentation from them at some point. Yeah. Maybe you could enter the cure, another kirtan at, at some point if you we love you. <laughs> well, for me it's getting a little late. I still haven't done puja yet. It's it's early morning for us, member. When when can you give a class again, Prabhu? Well, whenever you invite. <laughs> okay, Rashikandra Prabhu, you've heard that. <laughs> let's, let's hear now 
Avilash. <laughs> so you I'm have Avilash. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna is going to fulfill your Avilash. <laughs> yes, we are desired. Determination, desire, nishta, shraddha. Good, good, good. So I think uh, we should, uh, uh, Winston, I think uh, we should uh, wrap it up. Mukunda Dattu Prabhu is running late for yes, uh, yes. the rest of the day. Okay. That sounds also good. Also plan for his another class in future, maybe a few weeks later or whenever he's <laughs> available. Superlative. We've got that. Uh, make sure it's in our uh, to-do list for uh, for this week's meeting. Yeah. <laughs> come say, come kuch karna. Zarur. Aapka sadhisanga bhoat mahatwa hai. So anyway, thank you so much, Mukunda Dattu Prabhu, for, uh, for joining us all the way from Vrindavan. Uh, Jai Shri Ji Goswami, Jai Shri Prabhupada, Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you Winston, you want to okay. have any closing words, Winston? Um, I think that about, uh, covers it. We don't have any new announcements for this week. So uh, thank you, Mukunda uh, Dattu Prabhu. Thank you. Last thing I wanted to mention, you know, uh, Mukundata Prabhu in an old temple in Houston. Last time I remember he said, Ek mian me do talwar nahi sakti. <laughs> I, I remember in Hindi he said, Prabhu, do you remember that? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> so it was in regards to like, you know, material life and spiritual life, both can't go together. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I remember those words and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay, so before we adjourn, then I would just like to offer my respectful obeisances and to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees and can fulfill the desires of anyone because they're like oceans of mercy and they're full of compassion for fallen conditioned souls like myself. All of you, please give me your blessings that I can attain uh, Krishna consciousness someday, somehow and uh, somehow represent you the Prabhupada as faithfully as, as possible. Thank Hare you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night. Be safe. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.